Hey everyone, it's Marielle. And before we get to the show, I want to warn you. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is strongly advised. Enjoy the show. I made a fit vine prosecco and the um, ice lemonade flavor <laughs> spritzer of what of the wait so um the fit vine brand prosecco uh-huh. and then um those ice flavored carbonated drinks that are like it's like flavored oh, water yeah. they're really fucking good i mixed a lemonade one in here so it's like a spritzer. It good? Mm-hmm. it looks tasty it looks refreshing that's what i was going for i was like i don't want to hang over all that sugar like last time <laughs> Jesus, that was the worst. <laughs> Hangovers aren't the same after 25. Oh my God. Not the same. Hang on, let me grab my footrest. Let me footrest, yes. What have you been up to? Um, actually got out of the house today because it had been 48 hours since I'd even like just gone on a car oh, ride yeah. and I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So you. where'd you go? I went to Starbucks this morning and then I drove to look at that house. Oh yeah. It's fucking crazy. So not only is it that big ass like log mm-hmm. house with like the horse property it shares like so when i pulled up i see just like a huge equine center like a really nice equine center and then it kind of has like a cul-de-sac so it's that neighborhood so i assume the people who are selling the house built the whole compound I hate using the word compound because it sounds culty, but it's like a compound, but like an equine center compound. So it's like got the big ass equine center with all the arenas and then the big house is in the far back with like a big pond and everything. And then there's like four smaller houses, but still nice like closer to the front of the road. Oh, wow. And one of those houses is for sale, too. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was a nice drive out there. It wasn't like, I don't know why I always expect, maybe because like most places I go, it's like, I'm on the highway, and then I make one turn and I'm there. This was like, I'm on the highway, and then I made five turns and I'm there. So it was a little more exciting. It was a lot to look at. How far was it? 30 minutes from here, probably like 45 minutes from the city, which is the only thing. I was like, God, it's perfect. That's the only thing. Like when I was in the driveway, I typed in nearest grocery store and it was like, I'd have to get on the highway. That's the thing is the real estate out there is great. But it's so much prettier driving that way than to North Kansas City. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. Like out here, there's hills and trees out there. It's just like open plains. Yeah. That's why they put the airport out there. Well, and they thought that people were going to move up there. But that's cool that you wouldn't see it. Did you take pictures or anything? No, I grabbed the flyers. Um, It looks like there's someone. De- yeah, I think there was someone in all the houses. And they had someone in the office at the equine center. So does that house have like a barn and stuff too? Because mm-hmm. I, I saw the pictures. I didn't know if that was the barn, like with the house. But now that you said equine center, I was like, oh, is it separate? But horse country. So the house itself has its own couple barns and then separate like whole equine, main equine part and another house for oh, okay. sale together. Horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> Marielle's bedroom growing up was brown and horse themed. <laughs> it really was. I can't uh, talk much. Obsessed. Mine was terrible. I had purple and mine <laughs> green, and then I had a red and black. Yeah. So our decorating's luckily they've improved. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I remember before the horses, it was Barbie pink, 
and my room was Barbie themed. Oh my god, yeah. I remember you had these calendars that you'd take the pictures and put them on the walls. Uh-huh. All my horse pictures. Yeah. yeah, I think you did that with like your Barbie stuff. I don't know. You had a bunch of stuff on your walls. There still are the Barbie decals that I had on my walls that we stuck. When we took them off the walls, we put them in my closet. Oh, They're still in the right. closet. Holy shit. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Then mom turned my room into a porn pad. It really is all it's white. It's all white. She modeled it after Kimber's bedroom from Nip Tuck. Is that what she did? Yeah, she told me. So literally. A literally porn. a porn pad. Because <laughs> it's like tiles in there. She put tile in the room. The bed's now white. It had red, like, tufted bedding. It was quite interesting. But I had not been living there for a few years. Welcome. To the women of death row. <laughs> I'm Marielle. Hey, I'm Amanda. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Hope you're doing well. It is week, what, seven? It's got to be Six, more than seven, that. Eight. Eight. Okay. Within that range, depends on the state too. So our stay-at-home order for Kansas City is over May 15th. Mm -hmm. I'm planning to like do my own thing. Like I'm going to wait two more weeks. A mom texted us, speaking of. Uh, yeah. She said, check out Coronavirus, coronavirus Explained. Oh. Her text. Love and blessings to you all. I love you every single day. Yep. It's nice. I think she's in mm -hmm. a good mood these days. Right. Dude. My fucking fingers. So you know how I had oh, yeah. um, sliced a chunk of my finger off and I, I put one of my sticky nails on and it was actually kind of helping to keep it together. And then I just went ahead and like cut the flap of skin that kept getting cut on stuff because it was just so annoying and it felt so much better. Well, after my shower yesterday, my sticky nails started sliding off. So I was just like kind of just like whatever, like watching TV and sliding them off each finger not even thinking i get to this fucking nail and i'm sliding and i'm like oh it's kind of stuck yank it i was like uh that i just pulled a chunk of my finger off there it went so let me it. see your finger's still there wow. but our fingers are okay today shall i tell you my story yeah who i will be talking about this week so i actually watched the like Hollywood version of this story called The Lonely Hearts, which has John Travolta, James Gandolfini, and Salma Hayek playing Martha Beck, Ooh. who is who I'm talking about today. As I tell you this story, you'll see that it was very much Hollywood casting and not. Oh, Jared Leto's in it too. Uh, um, and very much not because of the likeness to these actual people. Like Salma Hayek plays the woman I'm going to tell you about and... Jared Leto plays Raymond, her partner. In I'm sorry. This may be a controversial opinion, but anything Jared Leto in is in automatically loses credibility for me. Ever since he was in a Gucci Jesus gown asking people to lay at his feet, I'm sorry, Jared Leto. I yeah. don't think seriously. Well, this came out in 2006 before Still. that. Still. Anyway. But, I mean, James Gandolfini. Okay. I mean, James Gandolfini, like, R.I.P., he... Uh, narrates it and um yeah we'll have to watch it i've watched it like one and a half times i'm down and the end oh i just was like so angry but anyways let me tell you the real Sweet. story so there's a few movies actually based on it, but anyway, we'll get there. So Martha was born Martha Jewel Seabrook on May 6, 1920 in Milton, Florida. 
She was the youngest child of William Seabrook. Everywhere I read basically said that William was like a weak, pushover, submissive man. That seems to be a theme in all of these. <laughs> like, they always describe him as weak. I'm like, what the fuck? So he was a weak man who left his family when she was 10, and she was then raised by her, quote, domineering mother. It's believed that due to a glandular issue, Martha was overweight and physically unattractive. Not like Selma Hayek. That doesn't sound like Selma Hayek. <laughs> yeah, when I watched this movie, I was like, God, I bet she must have been a bombshell. Let me Google her. I'm going to uh, Google her. Martha really? Beck. And just imagine Selma Hayek. Okay, so. Wait a second. Spell Beck. Oh, put murderer. Because otherwise you're going to get I some got white that author. Ah. <laughs> uh? Mm-hmm. Continue. They're like, this story just won't sell if we don't have a hot bombshell playing the murderess. Good lord. So she hit puberty pretty early, and they said she developed sexual desires when she was only nine. Uh, she was often teased and bullied in school. She claimed in her trial that she'd been sexually assaulted by her brother. She also said that when she told her mom about the incident, her mother had admonished her and beaten her, blaming it all on Martha. After completing school, she studied nursing and graduated in 1942. However, she found it difficult to get a job because she was overweight, which I can't imagine in those times. That sounds horrifying. I think, like, discrimination, like, with obesity and handicaps probably didn't change until, what was that, the late when 80s? was the Disability um, Act, ADA I think it was the late 80s, early 90s. The Act originally published 1991. Effective. So fucking 50 years from now. So she thus became an undertaker's assistant, which required her to prepare bodies for burial. Following this, she quit the job and shifted to California. In California, she managed to get a job at an, as a nurse at an army hospital. It's believed she became uh, sexually promiscuous there, even to the extent of having casual sex with random men she met at bus stops. This eventually resulted in an unwanted pregnancy. She asked the father of the child to marry her, but it's believed that he refused and then tried to kill himself. Uh, she returned to Florida and told people that the father of her child was a serviceman whom she'd married. She also bought a wedding ring and showed it off proudly. Later, she claimed he'd been killed in action in the Pacific Campaign. So people felt sorry for her, and her plight was published in the local newspaper. Damn. Following this, Martha got a job at, Pensacola, at a Pensacola hospital where she also gave birth to her first child, a daughter named Willa Dean. However, she was fired on May 31st, 1944, for her promiscuous behavior. Soon after the birth of her daughter, she became pregnant again, this time by a Pensacola-based bus driver named Alfred Beck. They got married on December 13th, but divorced six months later, following which she had a son. She was unemployed and single-handedly raising her two children. Soon, she started reading romance novels and watching romantic films such as Confidential Agent and Gaslight, featuring her favorite actor, Charles Boyer, which I want to watch the movie Gaslight because that's actually where the term gaslighting comes from. I was from. just going to say, because the plot of the movie Gaslight is like, I guess some stalker keeps changing the amount of light from this woman's gaslight, which made a bit like makes her go insane. Mm, interesting. Um, totally. Mm -hmm. 
On February 15, 1946, she joined the Pensacola Hospital for Children. She was promoted to the post of director there. She then got acquainted with Raymond Fernandez in 1947 through an ad that she'd placed in the Dineen's Family Club for Lonely Hearts. Raymond had apparently responded to the ad. It is also believed by some that an acquaintance of hers played a prank by advertising in the New York Lonely Hearts Club in her name. This sounds familiar. What was the movie called? Lonely Hearts. And yeah. then there's also the Honeymoon Killers or something. Okay. This is because um, this is kind of ringing a bell. I'm excited. Raymond visited Martha and stayed with her for a short time. However, he did not reveal the fact that he had a wife and four children in Spain. During this time, she told everyone that they were gearing up for their marriage. Raymond then returned to New York City while she got busy with wedding preparations in Milton, Florida. Another thing. Actually, if we're going to watch the movie th- together... I should save all my critiques. There's a weird thing with accents. I was going to say, because Salma Hayek. She has her accent in the movie. And I think in the movie, they kind of flip it like she's from Spain. Okay. But her, or but he was actually from Spain. Yeah. Interesting. And Jared Leto didn't have an accent in the movie. So during this time, oh, da, 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 soon she was fired from her job. Following this, she went to New York to be with Raymond. Apparently before that, on January 25th, 1948, she abandoned her children at a Salvation Army. Willa, her daughter, was then adopted and her name was changed to Carmen. Martha initially posed as Raymond's sister for the sake of his reputation. Raymond was a seasoned criminal who had dated other women through Lonely Hearts ads, looting the bank accounts of one and killing another. However, it is believed that Martha and Raymond had fallen in love with each other. He then revealed his original idea of killing women to Martha. She liked his plans and joined him in the murders. God. In the following two years, Raymond and Martha trapped older women and stole from them. It is reported that they would often convince women that they needed accommodations and then moved into their homes. Sometimes Martha would move in and convince the women that Raymond was her brother, who would stay with her for a few days. Raymond would then make the women fall for him, but mostly avoided getting intimate with them. Sometimes when he got involved in sexual relationships with these women, before killing or looting them, Martha would be violently angry. By 1949, they had committed three murders, one of whom they had killed with an accidental overdose of sleeping pills. A woman named Janet Fay, aged 66, got engaged to Raymond and went to stay with him at his Long Island apartment. When Martha found them in bed together, she smashed Fay's head with a hammer. Raymond then strangled Fay. They had started their killing spree in New York, but eventually ended up in Michigan. They went to Byron Center Road in Wyoming Township in Michigan, a suburb of Grand Rapids. There, they stayed with a woman named Delphine Downing, a mother. They eventually ended up killing both Delphine and her two-year-old child. Which that's when they do show in the movie, and it's just like horrible. That's when everyone's acting is fucking great. Like, it's good. Like, the acting is really good in it. Like, they had to play fucking serial killers, psychopaths. That takes a lot of energy. and Yeah. And then Gandolfini and Travolta played the detectives. Mm. Oh, gosh. I think one of the detectives might have written a book. Or maybe it was like based off his journals because the narration was from the perspective of the detectives. Apparently, Delphine had become suspicious of the, quote, brother-sister duo. And although she allowed them to stay in her home, she refused to marry Raymond immediately or to allow him access to her money. 
Martha started to get jealous of this lady, who was also younger than Raymond. It is said that on February 28, 1949, Delphine had grown agitated. Raymond gave her sleeping pills. Her daughter started to, cr started to cry, and this angered Martha. Martha then choked the child, but she was still alive. Raymond shot Delphine while she was unconscious. The couple then stayed for a few days in Delphine's house. Soon, Martha drowned the child in a basin of water. Jesus they then buried the, the bodies in the basement of the house. The neighbors suspected something was wrong and reported Delphine's appearance to disappearance to police. On March 1st, 1949, Martha and Raymond were arrested. Though they were caught, Michigan had no death penalty back then, so they were extradited to New York to be tried for murder. This was 1949, you said? Mm -mm. Both were found guilty of first-degree murder in a trial that had become the talk of the town. Raymond confessed to his crimes fast. So Raymond was quick to confess. Duo initially denied committing the 17 murders they were accused of. And Raymond even denied his confession later, saying he had done it to protect Martha. Their trial was covered extensively by the media and was full of detailed accounts of sexual perversity. They were eventually convicted of Janet Faye's murder, which was the sole murder for which they were tried. They were then sentenced to death on March 8, 1951. They were executed at Sing Sing Prison in the electric chair by Joseph Francel. Martha's last breakfast menu had ham, eggs, and coffee. Her last meal consisted of fried chicken, french fries, and a lettuce and tomato salad. I'm not... If I knew it was going to be my last meal, there's no vegetable on my plate. It's all <laughs> dessert and fried shit. Oh, my God. Yes. 100%. Every type of potato. Entire cheesecake. Everything fried. Mm. Yep. Mm -mm -mm. Cookies, Any type of cheese. Cheese of the fried fried cheese. Just get a fryer and a buffet of items mm -hmm. and you just toss it and experiment all day. Ugh. You know what's crazy though? It's like everything just lets loose when you die. And so if you have like who was it I was I, who was it that had all the milkshakes that I talked about recently? Yes. She asked for double chocolate milkshakes. It was um Was it Marie McDonald? No, it was a few no. weeks ago. It was the UK one. Oh, was it um, Ruth Ellis? Ruth Ellis. So, yeah, they wrote, like, after she died, she immediately just started everything coming out of her. And I'm like, it was those chocolate shakes. So that's hey. another way of sticking it to the man. <laughs> a lot of dairy before your execution. Sticking it to the fucking system. There's a lot of dairy. Her last statement was, <laughs> my story is a love story, but only those tortured by love can know what I mean. I am not unfeeling, stupid, or moronic. I am a woman who had a great love and will always have it. Imprisonment in the death house has only strengthened my feeling for Raymond. Mm -hmm. He started talking quick, girl. So <laughs> her remains were sent to her hometown where she remains buried in an unnamed grave. So some of their victims... On November 8th, 1947, Raymond poisoned Jane Lucila Wilson Thompson in La Nia in La Linea de la Concepcion, Spain. On February 28th, they tried to kill Esther Henney in Fairfax, Virginia, but she managed to escape. On August 18th, the same year, they poisoned Myrtle Young in Chicago, Illinois. On January 3rd, 1949, they killed Janet Faye by striking her with a hammer and strangling her. They then buried her in cement. On February 28th that year, they killed Delphine Downing by poisoning in Michigan. 
On March 1st that year, they killed Raynell Downing, Delphine's two-year-old daughter, by drowning her in a basin. So, like I said, many books and movies were based on their crimes, including The Honeymoon Killers, which was a 1970 crime film about the murders they committed. Uh, The 1996 Mexican film Deep Crimson, the 2006 American movie Lonely Hearts, and the 2014 Belgian-French Alleluia were all based on their crimes. At the time of her death, she was survived by her mother, her former husband, her former husband, Alfred Beck, her children, Karma, who was seven, and Anthony, who was six, her brother and three sisters. Wow. Were they at the execution? I don't think so. Man, that's intense. Yeah, there's like a whole... Good job. Oh, <laughs> good job story, not sarcastically what you yeah, just Yeah, they did. had the whole execution scene and everything in it. Damn. I've been... Um kind of keeping track of the I I mean I guess I caught myself up with the um, Lori Vallow case where she's the woman who was whose 17 year old daughter Tylee and seven year old son JJ have been missing and she won't say what happened to them or where give any information about it so she's currently in jail is she still in Hawaii no she was extradited I believe and um they're calling 48 witnesses including her husband whom she married after the kids went missing aren't they in some sort of doomsday cult something like that yeah there's some cultish delusional things but they're also um they're also persons of like interest in um chad's sister her first Mm -hmm. husband uh tammy and um her brother and her fourth husband so his sister fourth husband brother they're all they're both persons of interest in this is gonna be crazy when they solve this shit this is gonna be another one of those crimes that like is gonna be like a household name or name recognition you know seriously because they she's being held on not paying child support i think um conspiracy conspiracy to commit murder first degree murder of these people they're in suspicion of Mm. but no one they won't talk about the kids right which is really sad tylee was last seen at yellowstone and jj was last seen at school fuck which you saying when they solve this is going to lead to like this becoming like a household topic which leads me into this conspiracy the mandela effect have you heard of that Uh uh-uh the conspiracy theory so the mandela effect is like a false memory then the big example is that in star wars you know the famous line is from darth vader's luke i am your father but if you go back and watch the movies it he's saying no i am your father mm-hmm. so something happens and like the, this is a the theory that we switch to an alternate dimension during like significant times and throughout history there have been different times that the world was supposedly going to end so May 10th, supposedly the quarantines are all supposed to be lifted. And May 10th is also a suspected date when the world's supposed to end. Oh, God. So are we going to switch dimensions or what? But what could that mean for this Valo case? Because this needs to be solved. We can't have any false memory of this. Yes. Yeah. true crime people need to know what is happening. Seriously. That's where my brain was at today. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wonder if, because they are doomsday cold, if that has any significance to, like, what's going on there. You know, does she have the kids somewhere where she thinks they're protected from some alternate dimension? Right. Did I just solve this? That would be, honestly, really nice alternative to her killing her children. 
Like, that would, that would that's be the really option that we're great. For, that she had some sort of like panic cell stocked. Because if she was a part of the doomsday, let's val. Let me look real quick. All right, I want to go to Reddit. Doomsday cult couple mysteries around Lori Vallow. Okay, so I guess they are part of the doomsday. I'm going to go to control find and type in doomsday so I can expedite the process. Oh my god, we're about to armchair detective this shit right now, <laughs> dude. Okay, so this says. I'm just going to read this doomsday cult couple mysteries around Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. This is an extreme recent topic and it is extremely bizarre. There are two main people involved in this Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow. Both, both are members of the LDS, basically a Christian cult. Um, LDS Mormons love their canned goods. Mm. So they're probably stocked. Yeah. They are obsessed over the idea of apocalyptic scenarios, the doomsday and near death experiences. Chad Daybell claims to be a prophet and have to have visions. He once even claimed to have known of 9-11 one year before it happened. Lori Vallow sees herself as a god. It is a big believer of the, in the doomsday and even claimed to a relative the desire to drive off her two children, drive her two children off a cliff in order to spare them from the horrors of doomsday. Ah, oh, shit. Two of their children are currently missing since months and Lori refuses to tell the authorities where the kids are. She just says the kids are staying at a relative's place, mm, which has been proven to be wrong. She's been on bail for a million dollars and is currently a court case against her. So I, why were the kids allowed to be with her? Cause wasn't she already like, I don't know. There's a lot going on with this. This will be my little project. Yes. Um, because I'm going to be hopeful that the kids are alive and that they're in some bunker. Yeah. Filled with canned goods and video games and everything they like, and they're doing fine. And mom is just trying to protect them. Yeah, which isn't far off from what the rest of the kids in America are doing. We're all basically bunkered well, down. That's, that's what we're already doing. Um, you know. So anyway, it's, that's just that's it's her current husband, their stepdad missing. Is that what's maybe he's with them? No. Oh, Chad. He they got married. I think after. They went missing. Mm. So I don't know like how I don't I don't know much beyond what I just said. Anyway, that's kind of where I've been thinking. Wow. Because, you know, I feel like I don't know, maybe they're tapping into it already because that could be like the obvious choice. But I don't know. I'm putting in the context clues too. canned mm. goods, apocalyptic <sighs> stuff, homemade stuff. They probably have double basements. Yep kids are somewhere they have to be somewhere yeah regardless no but well well it's been real may 10th maybe the alternate the dimension will shift and this will be all the way over soon all right well thanks everyone for listening thank you bye bye